Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This premier independent fan experience podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and brings you honest and in-depth Montreal Canadiens discussion and entertainment. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudney are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. Et bienvenue au balado Habs Unfiltered. Je suis votre hôte, Blain Potvin. And I'm now joined by my co-hosts, Matt Smith. Bonjour. And Treg Wilson. Salut. So for those who may be a little confused by uh, the intro to episode 143, uh, being slightly in French and then switching quickly to English, uh, there's a language concern in Montreal and I thought, hey, we should have some representation. Donc, on, on se parle un peu en français pendant le balado, mais on va, on, on va changer ça en anglais maintenant. So we're back to English, just because. Est-ce que j'ai besoin, besoin de parler en français? Ou? No, 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 we're good. Oh, I surprised the shit out of you, didn't I? <laughs> well, you're from Moncton. My last name's also Smith. That's right. Yeah. But you're from, not, not it's called, really it's called stealth French. <laughs> it's called Smee. Smee. Je parle français un peu. But I, I have to learn it because I'm moving to Quebec. So That's right. But in Quebec, they wear pants, Treg. No, not always. If I yes. carry a thing of poutine around with me all the time, no one's going to say anything about my pants. No, you got to wear skinny jeans so that you can look I, like a like a. I, I do wear skinny jeans. Skinny jeans and skinny cigarettes. But then, yeah, I don't and then you'll look like <laughs> then you'll look like a French bulldog standing up on his hind legs. Yeah, I do wear skinny jeans. We know <laughs> if you wear pants. When I wear pants, and That's if right. I wear pants. The question is, am I wearing pants right now? And according to the poll that uh, was put out by Habs Unfiltered, uh, no. That's right. I'm, I'm disappointed in the amount of O babies that were not picked. You mean the people. only person who picked it was you? Correct. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was Matt. <laughs> I had <And> two. Matt. <laughs> if you want to see more, just subscribe to the Habs Unfiltered OnlyFans page. Uh, so, okay. So this episode, uh, episode 143 of Habs Unfiltered, uh, we're going to touch a little bit on the language uh, discussion that's been going on lately out of Montreal. Uh, clearly, the first couple of minutes of this show, we've been goofing off on that a little bit. So we're going to we're going to start there, but we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, Belchavang's future. Uh, there might be some talk of Jack Eichel, haha, just because we can. And yeah, screw it. Let's talk about the playoffs because the Montreal Canadiens qualified for the playoffs for the second straight year, technically. Last year didn't count. Um... Yes, it did. They made it. They qualified for the playoffs by winning a play-in. I was told quite angrily on Twitter when I put out that they have, under the Bergevin era, six of nine years they made the playoffs. This year and last year doesn't count because last year they only got it because it was given to them, even though they had to play a five-game series against one of the top teams in the league, fully healthy, mind you. Pittsburgh was fully healthy in the playoffs. And this year doesn't count because they backed their way in. Oh, okay. So, so are we doing, matters are we how doing you caveats now, for so. everyone now? Does everyone get a caveat? Does the Stanley Cup get a caveat? Does that, That's what I'm saying. Okay. So now we're, we're worried about style points. So what are, what are these people doing? Like, are they they're pissed off that, you know, someone smoking Export A and not Dumouriez? They're not stylish enough? That's, I'm just telling you, I put six of all I did. All I did was state a fact. Six of whatever. nine years. We'll get into that in a little bit because that's whatever. We'll get into it. But first, we're going to kick this off with the language issues. So, in the press, before the game against the Edmonton Oilers, where the Canadians clinched a playoff spot by earning a point. Whether you like the way they did it or not, they did it. Um, before that game, it was announced that that game was going to be the first time in 110 years that the Canadians were not going to dress a francophone Quebec-born player for a game. So they would not have that in the roster for a game in a regular season. So that created some kind of an uproar. Ignoring the fact that Deneau was injured, Drouin is home in personal time. Uh, we'll get we'll cover why in a little bit, but it's not like there's no francophone Quebec-born players in the lineup. There were a, there was a francophone in the lineup last night. As we record, it's the 11th of May. Um, there was a francophone in the lineup as Paul Byron is Franco-Ontarian. But that doesn't count. They're not good enough. So it created this big uproar. Paul Byron, um, Paul Byron speaking French yeah. is like when I speak French. But he's a <laughs> Francophone. He's, right. His mom was French. Yeah. He's from Ontario. He's Franco-Ontarian. But he's not Franco-Quebecois. Yeah. My mother is not French. And if mom, if you're listening, you try to speak French, you cannot speak French. I'm sorry. <laughs> Paul Byron's very better than you are and that was bad english but <laughs> paul byron <laughs> is 
a lot better than you are, Matt, <laughs> at speaking French. Caught Yammy's better than you at speaking French. So uh, we'll go for that. Um, are we getting into the language debate now? Are we going to talk yes, about that? Yes, yeah, that's what we're right. starting with so, right now. I can understand the GM and the coach being French. I don't really agree with it, but I get it. I understand it. There is a, a law, and people in Quebec can verify this or not, but I'm pretty sure there's a law in Quebec that the media has to be able to get their information in both French and English. Um, and if you can get a GM and coach who's bilingual, they can do that and everyone's happy. Um, do I think we should get the best coach and GM available? Absolutely. But this is not, this is a cultural thing and you have to accept the fact that Montreal is part of Quebec's culture. So you have to accept the value of the culture. When it comes to players, though, I put the best team out there. I don't care what language. It, it, everything's done in English anyway, whether you're Russian, Finnish, French, or Spanish, or whatever you are. Everything's done in English. Uh, I would rather have a all Russian-speaking team if it meant we could win the Cup with an all-Russian-speaking team. I really no. don't care. I, I, I And... Most fans would say winning trumps all of it, but this is a this franchise was founded in 1909 as a francophone hockey team, as, as a team for the francophone community in Montreal, because there was an Anglo team, the, the uh, I believe who was it the Same. Maroon the Victorious the Montreal Victorious mm. were the Anglo team at the time, and they wanted to market a team for the Francophones. So they, they started Les Canadiens. And Les Canadiens, that's, that was the original term for those born in and around Quebec. So the original settlers, uh, European settlers. So that was the basis of the, uh, the founding of the team. But over the years, hockey is no longer just this small local sport. It's now a worldwide thing. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, we have the salary cap. We have the NHL is a multinational organization. So things have changed and the fans wanting to hold on to that. It, it's, it's all well and good, but one freaking game one. And they, they lost their minds. Uh, Montreal's mayor, Valérie Plante, uh, went on about this. Uh, Legault, the premier of Quebec went on about this as if this was a massive failure on the Montreal Canadiens organization for not icing a francophone. Like they, they could have, they could have sat Paul Byron last night and let Belzeal play. And they that probably would have got problem. their point, but they, they wouldn't have got their point. Exactly. But there would have been a francophone from Quebec on the team. Well, Pierre Dagenet brought up a good point. Uh, in one of his interviews and basically what he says is you can blame the Canadians and the scouting and all you want but Quebec has fallen behind the eight ball in developing their minor system and their minor league players and this is the issue when it comes to draft time as to why Montreal if you look at Montreal's draft list they draft at least a, a francophone player somewhere late in the rounds at some point I don't think there's too many years they haven't drafted at least one francophone guy I'd have to go back last last year's last year, year. but that was the first year in a while that didn't, they didn't draft a, but he made a good point. He's like, 
it's fine and dandy if you want to draft people to Quebec, but we have to produce talent out of Quebec that need that can get drafted. And this is the issue that Quebec is having. Um, and I mentioned a thing on a, a, a Twitter tweet by Matthew Ross, who kind of said, you know, we need to scout more in Quebec. Montreal needs to scout more in Quebec. Sure. They can, that there's not, I don't see anything wrong with that. More scouts in Quebec doesn't mean there's talent in Quebec. And, and that was the point I'm trying to make. And the point I was trying to make is sure you can do that, but why are you looking at the end of the road for the Montreal, the, the organization at the end of the road as the problem when it should be the organization at the beginning of the road that should be looked at? Yeah. Cause so, right now there's only about 30 Quebec born players in the NHL. Quebec-born francophone players in the NHL, thirty out of almost eight hundred. Well, just look at the 30. draft last year in the first round. There were five players out of the queue taken in the first round. One of them being Lafreniere, exactly. the other, the other ones being um, in order. So Lafreniere obviously went first. After that, eighteen at Mercer. He's English. He's from, from Newfoundland. From by Newfoundland. The way. Right after that, Henrik Lapierre at 22, Justin Barron from Halifax, who at 25 to Colorado, another English guy, and then you got Maverick Bork from Nova Scotia, and you got Maverick Bork. Yeah, so but three that, that's, that's from the queue. That's right, you're, you're three francophones from the whole queue in the but first. What I'm row. saying is just Quebec itself. That's true. Not, like yeah. there's there's not a lot. <clears throat> there, there's, so, there's not a lot. So last year's picks, the francophones from Quebec, you have Lapierre, Bork. And uh, Lafreniere. And Lafreniere going first. The first one, clearly the Canadians had no chance of picking him. He was going number one. Uh, the other two, however, they could have picked them. They could have. They honestly could have. But it would have been a, a reach. Yeah. Because both were ranked to be in the mid-20s. So 20 to 25 range. The Canadians were picking 16. And, so, and then you got... You got to look at it. If you're just going to pick a French guy, say in the sixth, seventh round, just to pick a, a a francophone player, what's the point? Like, really? Okay, we can pick him. He's not going to make the team, or it's very rare. It's it's going to be a long shot that they're going to make the team. But so, are these guys any? Are these guys going to make a difference? Like the ones that they have a chance of picking, that they could have reached to get in the last no. few years. There's a few guys. What, that what they, are the? They probably well, could have made a reach. One of the better players that they've picked in the last couple of years in the later rounds that's Quebec or, or uh, that's French speaking is Harvey Pinard. Right. And yeah, he's on an her. AHL deal right now. And yeah. he, he's yeah. called the Lavalliger. He's the Laval yeah. Gallagher. So yeah. he might earn himself, in my opinion, I think he's going to earn himself his uh, entry level deal. At right. the end but of they, the picked, they picked other guys in rounds five through seven, like Simon yeah. uh, Bork and um, uh, Sam Hood and all them. And they're guys that just didn't. They didn't pan out. No. Well, Bork turned into fucking Armia, so I think that's okay. But and then Bork retired from professional hockey yeah. right after. So yeah. it, it's these are not the late round picks. The, they're taking chances on guys, and it's it's more of a political thing. They're like, well, yeah, we can eh, we can try a fifth or sixth round pick on these guys. It's not a big deal. But if you really want an impact player, you got to pick them high up in the rounds. You know, early in the first. And with the exception of last season, the Quebec League and Quebec, the province itself, 
has not been generating a lot of hockey players. A high end. There's gonna you're gonna have some pluggers. You're gonna have some bottom sixers, bottom pairing guys. Um, but I think the best the best way of doing it they they they're pushing this as a political thing. It's it's purely political. So why doesn't the government and Hockey Quebec step up and do what they need to do to improve their hockey development programs? They can work with the Canadians. They can create a, I'm, and I'm writing about this right now for recruits. This is going to be an article on recruits in the next couple of days. But this is the basis of my idea. Why don't they create a KHL-style KHL academy going from the early ages to the later uh, to junior age? You can, you can set it up. It's paid for by the government. You can bring in people, uh, underprivileged children, and you're going to develop players scouts, coaches, management, equipment staff, the whole nine yards at every single level from the grassroots up. So when they get to the point where they're at junior age, you can keep them in um, uh, like a hockey academy school where they can do regular high school work and they can play tier two hockey and be eligible for the NCAA. Uh, Or you can help. They can even buy themselves a Q league team and build a team that way show us you can do it at that level and then when you finally have some decent hockey players they will get picked by the nhl it's almost like the united states hockey league in quebec yes that that same yeah. idea that same that same idea basically but with the the russian version it starts from day one yeah you know like a novice or ip mm-hmm. in canada when you're three and four years old those hockey academies start at that point and they develop their coaches. They develop their scouting staff. So they develop their players in that manner. That costs this and the government is not going to put that out. Well then stop bitching and moaning. Exactly. I'm going back to the draft picks. Louis LeBlanc was the last first round uh, Francophone player that uh, Montreal picked in the first round. And how'd that work out? Yeah. And until then the next one was next highest pick is Zachary Foucault at 36. Who's who signed with Washington this year, and and goalies take longer, so I think Zach is going to do himself uh, some favors. He's actually doing quite well in Hershey. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, it's been fifth round picks or later. I know William Bitten was he is he francophone? He's Franco Ontarian, so he doesn't count. I I knew he was French. I didn't know. uh, Yeah, and there you go. That's it. Fifth round or later for the every other draft. Because apparently, they don't give two craps if you're francophone. And not from Quebec. Yeah. And like, I mean, and like Xavier Wadette, like the they go on about him. I think he was born in France. I think he was, yeah. He was. So yeah. he doesn't count. He's just from France. You know, French. Motherland. Yeah. Jake Allen's from New Brunswick, the only bilingual province in Canada. That's right. The, the only official one. Represent. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, I think what pissed me off the most about what Legault said is uh, they brought up the Nordiques, and that's usually the thing that they that they that they always push on. And he said maybe one day if we had the Nordiques, there would be some some competition to see who get the most Quebec players. I said go go ahead and take them. Try to find well, the talent. Try to find the talent that's yeah. not already that's not already on NHL rosters. And there is some high level Quebec based talent on 
on uh, on NHL rosters. Montreal has a couple of them. But, um, you know, you look at, like, game-breaking type players, you're not going to pry a Patrice Bergeron out of Boston. You're not going to get a Huberto out of Florida. You're not going to get Shabbat out of Ottawa. How many These of them are the high-end guys. But how many want to go to Quebec? With all oh, exactly. the pressure that's exactly. been put on, look at Drewing. Yeah. Do they want to come here and deal with that bullshit? Can you imagine Lafreniere playing in Montreal with the way he started his season? Yeah. He would be yeah. destroyed. He'd be getting caught getting emmied. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 100%. Uh, to bring up a point about language, Montreal back in the 50s and 60s had that uh, thing where they could draft the first French player. But they uh, only used it once. They only used it once, and it never turned out to be anything. The point um, is... Tardif. They use it on a Tardif. Well, Tardif, He's a pretty okay. good hockey player. But the, he, he wasn't a superstar, is what I'm trying no, to say. but he was good. He did help them win a cup. Yeah. Everyone helped them win a cup in the 70s yeah. and 80s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is even then, when they... And back then, you could sign a kid at 12 years old if you thought he was good enough. Like, Jean Beliveau was signed at, what, 12, 13 years old? Bobby Orr was signed by Boston at like 12 or something. So and 10. He was signed at 10. Was he 10? So anyway, yeah. you could sign and Montreal still didn't uh you know, they even had the the best pick at all the French players uh French speaking players out there and still didn't uh really use it. No. You no, even then you had a bigger I want to say a bigger pool, but a bigger pool of skill higher skilled players to pick out of. Well, there was, yeah, and you could pick the the elite of the elite because there was only six teams. Yeah. Now there's 32, officially 32 teams, uh, and you only have 30 Quebecois francophone players, and here you go. So, yeah, you, you got guys who are getting just crucified if they're not actually, actually playing like Guy Lafleur, you know, putting up 45, 50 goals a year, just crucified. So there's no incentive to come up and you have it and you brought up uh lego matt you brought up lego and talking about the nordiques and mm-hmm. what happened there the nordiques did the most quebecois thing ever by separating and moving <laughs> yes i made that bad joke whoa so you want hey yeah have at her Somehow bring the Nordiques, uh, the Nelzik back. Bring, uh, you know, Quebec can put a team in there somehow. Maybe move Ottawa there. Who knows? But, and then fill them with just francophones. Well, you look at it this way. And, and, and the, the big thing right now is um, Montreal has been able to bring in players to Laval, Veya, yeah. and um, Harvey Pernard, those kind of guys. And they've, been playing top six roles on this team and 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 they're getting it they're getting in the spotlight etc and now you've got the echl team with just which just got their um their schedule today there that's going to be like a breeding ground for french-speaking players yeah, you, yeah they can they, sign they, a bunch of players. they can bring out any player they want out of the queue if it's a and be like there you go and i think that's what they're going to do i don't think it's going to be everybody but they're going to use it's 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 a it's a developmental league. They're going to some of the guys that can't really um, make impact at the AHL level. They'll go down there and they'll be leaders down there. But yeah. they're going to they're going to have their 
their pick of undrafted players out of the queue. Yep, and look at look at what they've been doing already. Teasdale is another as a guy. That no, they, absolutely, they Teasdale. Yeah, undrafted yeah. signed yeah. him. This year was his first year. They lit uh, it up. actually playing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he's got knee injuries, which absolutely. I think are going to probably yeah. cause him a lot more problems. And but this is a kid that had NHL potential. They signed him as a free agent. And they threw him in their into their system, and Twadibiad is going to be exactly that as well. I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, yeah. But what's going to, what the problem was there is you're going to see a lot of guys that are signed to AHL only deals or two way AHL deals. And if they're lighting it up in the ECHL, get possibly get called up the AHL, they're never going to be able to get called up to the NHL because they're on that way of contract. And that's when people are going to get more pissed off there's always going to be something that'll set them off because exactly. it's a, the goalpost is constantly moving with it. It's not about hockey for a lot of these people. It's about a political thing. Yeah. They want that, that uh, prestige. Yeah. And they think they can control that by being able to, to demand these things. Mm-hmm. And, and every Montreal Canadiens fan, regardless of language clearly wants a team that can win at the very least make the damn playoffs. Um, and this, this, while it is a PR thing, it is still cultural. It is still important for the local fan base to be able to look at the team and say, I recognize myself in that person because they're from near me. But saying that it's the only franchise in the NHL that does that. That's right. You, uh, uh, you look at you look across the NHL, and uh, our friend Matthew sent us a tweet uh, today, and mentioned that only uh, thirteen teams have a player on their roster that is from their local state or province. Yeah. And, and and it's not done because they have to have it done; it's just done by coincidence. I mean, clearly Toronto's one because Ontario pumps out a lot of hockey players. It's a province of 13 million people. They're going to get a lot of hockey players, especially out of Toronto where there's big money. And that's the, that's the major problem as well. Hockey's becoming ridiculously expensive and it's becoming prohibitive for too many people to put their kids in. So they're unable to develop hockey players because they lack the funds. In Quebec... Unfortunately, a lot of the province uh, finances, I mean, you know, they're hardworking, proud people. I know they're my people, but the finances are just not there for everyone. So you're not able, your, your potential pool of hockey players is lessened just by that. So that's where the province should uh, jump in and uh, put their money where their mouth is. You want more Francophone hockey players from Quebec? got to develop them you go you, to develop them you got to start a grassroots and to do grassroots you need to put money in so let's put money in and give kids more chances to play hockey so what i'm gonna what i'm gonna say is if uh if francois Legault is listening right now totally what you probably is oh yeah you set aside 600 million dollars and you and buy we will handle and, it we'll take and care of it. yeah yeah we'll, ha- we'll handle all the money 
and um, we will buy the Quebec Nordiques. They've already got an arena. I've seen it. I've been in it. It's really nice. And we will move them in. $600 million is yours. Lane, you can coach. I'll GM. Oof. Matt, you're the uh, president. Done. No, you should be on the bench. You should be on the bench. I'll be your translator. you got to wear skinny jeans and a skinny tie. No, I'll dress like Ducharme. Only better. <laughs> We're just trying to find a way to make you wear pants. That's I all can't this be on the is. bench. I can't be, I'm not French. I can't be on the bench. Sure you can. Actually, I can't it's, be GM either. No. All right. I, I think we've exhausted this language debate bullshit again, which is going to come up constantly. Constantly. You know who, do you know what other language people, they, they really shit on Quebec Finnish people. They, they really expect high expectations from Finnish people. Yeah. Especially 20-year-old Finnish people. Yeah. Who... They didn't want drafted because today they say they want a Kachuk, but back in the day, they, they all wanted Zadina. Yeah. And you know how we know? Because we were freaking there. Yep. The oh. what lady wanted Zadina. She did. And, and when we when we spoke to the what lady, who, by the way, wonderful woman. So is her husband. Yeah, yeah. they're great people. Like, yeah. I, I swear to God, great, great people. They came all the way from Louisiana to Texas to, uh, to come watch this, to watch the draft. So when we were talking to them, she was really into the Z, into Zadina. And then when we spoke to her about that and mentioned we were from Halifax and we explained to her why it's not going to happen. She, she didn't, she still didn't change her mind, but she understood why it wasn't likely to happen. And even though we warned her, that Kotniemi was, was going to get picked. That it was going to be Kotniemi. I will admit, I personally wanted Kachuk, but knew they were going to draft Kotniemi. It was a it was a pretty obvious secret. Yeah. So, yeah. Matt had no idea. He had no idea what was going on. He he was looking at the cheerleaders the whole time. She was looking at that girl sitting in behind Kotniemi when he came down the stairs. Yeah, we all were. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, Especially when Matt was doing this, giving us the old nudge. Hit us with the elbow. Look, 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 look. <laughs> and then she she made herself famous on Sportsnet. Yeah. She did. <laughs> uh, so one more thing about the language thing. The year that Kakaniemi was taken, first French speaking player, French born player, Quebec born player, went twenty seventh, and that was Nick Bo- Nick uh, Nick Baudin that went to Chicago from Drummondville, who's now actually on their roster, and he looks like a pretty decent. He looks like he's going to be a good top four defenseman. Okay. And, I mean, I would have traded for him personally, but uh, yeah, but that's how they're going to have to do it. You're not, you can't reach from three to, you know, a late round pick just to pl- placate some people politically. Yes. Yes. I mean, they're, they're so up in arms about this that you have to have them. So when they finally do make a deal, they make a trade, they trade their top prospect to go and get the top young francophone Quebecois player that's available on the trade market. They bring that kid in. They groom him. They, they tout him as the next Quebecois player for the Canadians. And he becomes the lightning rod for anger and hate. And now he's on the long-term injury reserve because he's just tired of being the scapegoat. 
you said there's there's 30 uh, Quebecois players in the NHL? Yeah, about 30 of them, yeah. Then Bergevin should be getting them all. And this offseason, you should trade everyone to get those 30 players just to prove a point. I think when they just draft players, they can just be like, oh, hey, number uh, number three overall, we pick uh, Jasperi Kakaniemi, and then be like, uh, Kakaniemi, Bouchard, LeBlanc. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the guy the guy coming up the podium will be like, it's like Jesperi Lokotniemi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoever they pick, they just make sure they hand him a bag of export A's, and as he's yeah. coming down, he's just tossing them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's for, he's one of us for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love the O'Keefe. <laughs> yeah, he's from Eastern Quebec for sure. <laughs> I think I think we've exhausted this uh, topic. Uh, uh, I know we're going to come back to it again in a future show because we always end up doing it because it's always coming back. So uh, speaking of Bergevin, why don't we switch, uh, switch gears and just talk about his future as the Montreal Canadiens general manager. Uh, you know, the most vanilla GM that we've ever seen in Montreal. Uh, it's pretty, you know, no, there's no, nobody's, nobody really knows who he is or much about him. He's just quietly in the background and nothing has ever come of this. You know, everybody likes him. Right? Right? He's the worst. <laughs> well, I put out a fact today. You did? You Mark put out Bergevin. a fact. Six of the nine years he's been GM, his team has been in the playoffs. Fact. No. No, this year doesn't count because, you know, uh, reasons. Because they backed their way in. They backed they oh, the yeah, back they, door. They they uh, they got a point in a game by making it to overtime, so it doesn't count. So and here's what I'm gonna say about Bergman. Don't care if you love him, don't care if you hate him. He's not the greatest GM, he's not the worst GM. But you gotta separate his nine years into two separate ten years. As if No, was... I don't. Why should I? Tell me Be- why I should. Because he's two different GMs. His first year. First five years, he should have been fired in 2017. Who does oh, not agree with that statement? Fuck yeah. Right. And the reason he should have been fired is because he did not build around the core he had to improve it from the Eastern Conference final that they had. What are you talking about? He got, he got uh, Ott, King, Martinson. Right. Um, <laughs> however, once the retool started, we'll say 2018 was the first year of the retool. Uh, yeah. Totally different GM. Focused on development. Got rid of uh, Lefebvre and hired Bouchard. Wanted to draft better. As we can see, he, he, he's drafting better. He's keeping draft picks. He's, he's, he's using the draft picks. Uh, not signing free agents. It's to sign free agents. Cough, cough. Not signing Alsner or the top defenseman just because they're the top defenseman, whether they're good or not. Um not uh, jumping all over top talent and trading away his entire future just for someone who may not push the needle forward. Um, totally different GM. So you you complain that the team's been mediocre for nine years. Uh, since 1993, only 15 teams won the Stanley Cup. That's it. So it's not that it's mediocre. 
is the fact that you're stuck in the 1980s when there were 16 of 21 teams making the playoffs. And now we have 31 teams, 16 teams of 31 making the teams playoffs. It's just not as easy anymore, especially with the salary cap. Now, I think maybe the bigger issue is the fact that the Canadians have never actually been a Stanley Cup, a true Stanley Cup contender during his tenure. Well, they haven't been a true Stanley Cup contender since 19, before 1993, because they weren't a contender in 1993. It's true. They haven't been a contender since 1989. Arguably, yeah. Really? If you want to go back. So, yeah, I get it. And I understand. And if he gets fired tomorrow, so be it. I hope the next GM comes in and uses everything that he's built up to his advantage because he's going to have a good cupboard. He's going to have a good team in front of him. Because he sure as shit didn't have any of this when he started. No, he did not. In 2012, he was left with absolutely nothing. Now, people, there, there are people out there who hate Bergevin, and we know why. Uh, there's people, I wasn't going to say like me, I kind of defend him, but I think I have a valid reason for defending him. But if he gets fired, I'm not going to cry over it. I, you know, it doesn't affect my life. Um, but you have to look at Bergevin as a different GM now than what he was when he first started. It's like two, it's like you fired a GM in 2017, cloned him to look like Bergevin, Hit, made him hit the weight room and then uh, brought him back out. Um, and that's the way you got to look at it. I, I don't think Bergeron's going to get fired. Uh, he's still got one year. I wouldn't be surprised if they make Bergeron uh, a president of operations and hire another GM either. That would not surprise me. No, no. And just uh, j- as you were talking, I went and did a quick, quick check on his top prospects that he had when he took over. Um, anyone remember the name Danny Cristo? Yep. Legend. Legend. That, uh, that kid really lit it up, um, at, uh, campus parties <laughs> and getting lost drunk in the snow and lo- almost losing a foot to frostbite. Other than that, yeah, eh, pretty forgettable. But he sounds like Cresco. So I'm always going to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aaron Palushai. You guys remember that guy? Aaron Palusha, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Alexander Apson. I remember, I remember all these names. Oh I yeah, not them. because they played, not because their <laughs> fucking jerseys are in the rafters or yeah. anything. But. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Michael Bourneval. There was a there's a francophone they traded for. He yeah. was one of their top Ryan prospects. Ryan O'Byrne. Yeah, Ryan O'Byrne. The purse snatcher himself. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the stuff that he had to start with. Yes, he had P.K. Subban and he had Pacioretty and Carey Price. And you mentioned that he just didn't surround them properly. And it's true. He didn't surround. He didn't. He didn't. There was no lack of centers, uh, lack of, uh, you know, defensive depth. It was just, they were, they were, he was reaching to try and patchwork a team together that he can hope maybe might perhaps cause some problems whereas this time now he's actually stopped sorted his crap out said okay this is how we're going to go and the argument's always going to be about well maybe he should have just traded everybody off full fire sale do a complete rebuild but to counter that argument um why look at buffalo look at la look at la they're doing exactly what the canadians have been doing now uh, but just looking at teams that have 
have won. They did full fire sales, but far, far many more have done the full fire sale and failed. Like Edmonton, Edmonton went full fire sale for a decade. They have one playoff series win to show for it in like what, 13, 14 years. Toronto, their much vaunted dynasty have not won a playoff series in what, 17 years? Some stupid like that. Yeah, they might win one this year, an actual playoff series, maybe this year. No. But it'd be their first one in 18 years. Yeah. It's so argue the argue the methodology all you want, but the way that he's doing it now is just as proven as a full fire sale. That's my point. He's still got things he needs to do. He still oh, God, needs yeah. He still needs. I mean, if you look at his body of work of since 2018, uh, he filled With the, the team, prospect. not the gym, right? Right. Yeah. He filled the uh, he filled the prospect pool. He made quality trades to improve the team with younger players. Um, he signed. He went out and got the the power forward that the team needed in Anderson. Probably signed him for too long of a contract, but whatever. That's here it's the price there. you have to pay. Yeah. Uh, got to Foley on an incredible deal. Nobody saw that coming. Resigned Gallagher to a nice team. I'm going to say Gallagher's is a team-friendly deal. I don't care. It Six is. million it bucks is. Is, is a good deal. So is Petrie's. So is Petrie's. Kept Petrie. Um, and then he's he got Suzuki, Caulfield, Cotton Emmy, uh, all these young guys coming into uh, Evans, Romanov, um, he has to fix his defense. He has to fix the defense. He fixes the defense and maybe, I don't know if he needs to get the number one center, but should he trade for Jack Eichel? Uh, he can, but you're going to give up one of those players that everybody loves. You're not getting Jack Eichel without giving up Suzuki, Cotton Yemi, Caulfield or Romanov. So if 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 uh, Buffalo yeah. said I want one of Suzuki or Kotkaniemi, and you said sure, I'll give you Kotkaniemi, uh, Drouin, two firsts. Yeah, I, I t- the only th- issue I have with Eichel is he's too injury prone. That's the only issue I have with him. Yeah. Other than that, he is a generational player. Healthy, he's a generational player. Healthy. Healthy. Which is and rare. if he were and injured would, at any point, it would be a complete failure on Bergevin's part for trading. Well, him. yeah, of course. of course. Or whoever especially, replaces Bergevin. Especially if Cotton Yemi goes there and ends up being a 30-goal scorer with 80 points. Yeah. Which I don't think is going to happen. But no. I don't think they're getting Eichel. I think everyone should just get this whole Jack Eichel thing out of their mind. <laughs> I, I'm doing it to mess with people at this point. I know. I know. Because he's going to be I'm a just, New York Ranger. And he'd have to change his name to Jacques. I think he's going to be a Colorado Avalanche. Nah, New York Rangers. Book it. But even if you, if you talk about Eichel, you're absolutely right. And by the way, people are talking about Cotton Yemi. Why give up? Why would Buffalo want Cotton Yemi? It's terrible. It's funny how that works, eh? He's, he's, he's a horrible he's, hockey player. Oh, shit. The superstar's there. Let's give him this guy. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's good now. You you want to give up Drew and Cotton Emmy? Why they're they're bums? <laughs> According to some, 
So they need some of the cap money for. Oh, and we'll give them Byron too because we got to get rid of some contract. Yeah, because Buffalo is just going to say that's a great deal. Thanks, guys. Thanks yeah. for giving us all your garbage and uh, and all your high contracts. For Happened with Taylor Superstar. Hall. <laughs> Worked for Boston with Taylor Hall. True, that's actually kind of true. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I would give up Cottonemi for him, and I think Cottonemi would be fair deal uh, with other things, like not by of himself. Course, yeah. But uh, I think I mean, but I think you're still giving up Cotton Yemi and another top prospect. You More might likely. be giving up Caulfield in that. Could Cotton Yemi and Caulfield could yep. have to go. And a couple of firsts, and you still have to get rid of cap. That's yeah. where someone like Drouin would come in, or <clears throat> I don't know who else. <clears throat> You'd have to throw Well, under. I mean, with the expansion draft coming up, you're probably losing Sherrod or Edmondson or one of those guys. So there's Maybe. three million. Maybe. Jake Evans. I don't think Jake Jake no. Evans or Jake Allen. Jake Evans. You think they're gonna take Jake Evans? Can they take Jake Evans? Yes, Do they you? can. Okay. Yeah, okay. But they're not gonna. Oh. I don't think they're gonna take Jake Allen either. You remember when wanna... everyone was all up in arms? Oh, we gotta protect uh Udon? Yeah, no, it's not happening. We should protect Charles Hudo. He's going to come back and kill it. Technically, he's still on their reserve list. So I know <laughs> he would be available for them to pick. But uh, uh, I don't know. Going back to Bergevin, he's going to, I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to get an extension. I don't know if it's going to be GM or not, but uh, people are just going to have to live with it. What do you think, Matt? What, what's going on in that beautiful head of yours? He ain't going anywhere. I love how succinct you are. Bergevin is not going anywhere. Not a chance. He's not. He's not going to be promoted. He's going to stay as the GM. He's fucking. He's not, he ain't going anywhere. That's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. See, as as Drake said, his yeah. his his body of work outside the gym has <laughs> has got better, and he really has developed the Canadians' prospect pool into one of the better ones in the league, and we're seeing some of these players start to make impacts with the team being Kukaniemi, Caulfield, uh, Paling's doing really well in Laval before he was injured. Uh, Primo is making the, making the, the right steps. So if we're, if we're, uh, if we're, if we're patient and uh, respect the process, we'll be good to go. Well, well, that's the key. You have to respect the process and you have to remember the process never actually started until 2018. And the process takes a couple. It takes some some time. You need patience with it. it. Took some teams up to fifteen years. Pittsburgh, L.A., Chicago. I don't think it'll take that long. But I don't know about winning a Stanley Cup unless they finally find a way to find get a, a superstar added to this roster because the Canadians have a ton of good players, guys that that can produce, that can complement. But they don't have that one person that can step up and. They get a lot of guys on their team that play with heart. Yeah. You know they'll 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 stick their necks out. That only gets you so far. That's right. St. Louis didn't have a superstar and they won. Yeah, they also had everyone that was over like six six and like two hundred forty pounds, right? I'm I'm just saying they didn't have a superstar. They but everything went right for them that year. Correct. Like everything right. fell into place. They did That's have a very, they, they did have some very good players on their team, though. All right, then, Blaine, does that actually count? Then does it count because everything just fell in place for them? Should we count that Stanley Cup? Of course. 
No, How many? we shouldn't because it's not. They didn't do it in the way they should have done it. How many French-speaking no, players yeah. do they have other than David Perron? But we, we can't, it, we but acknowledging count. the fact that it was it, the, outside the normal way that it's been done in the past. I mean, Tarasenko technically you could say is a star. Yeah, but he's not a. He's not an elite talent. I see what you're saying. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Montreal needs a, a guy who everyone hates, to, like not just Carey Price, but they need a guy like <coughs> they need an Eichel or a Matthews or a McDavid or a Dreisaitl. Or a Seth or a, Jones. Or a the Seth only, Jones. The only way you're getting those kind or, of players, though, if or, it, or, is if usually is if you draft them. And I, and, you and I think that's where people tank. <laughs> that's where I think people have the blow this team up and start from the beginning. Yeah, and it's it's a valid argument. You you're absolutely right. However, blow the team up, and with the new draft rules, you're getting two chances. Yeah. To get the number one pick. Yeah. And if you don't get them, you just blew your team up for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> There is some genera- there is some very very talented players coming up in the next couple of years, but both English kids and a Russian. So you can't so, pick them. You so can't you can't pick them. So if we're looking for a superstar him. hockey player, someone who is guaranteed to change the franchise, someone that you can go out and find, you know, because you can't just go out and draft this guy. You can sign him as a free agent. This person will fill the net. He will bring you championships. Uh, Vladimir Putin. Done. Done. Guy scores eight goals a game. Yes. Have you noticed how whenever he's on the ice, everything just lights up. His opponents get these little red dots on their chest and the ice opens up for him. It's amazing. It's a miracle. He has a guy is so good. The defense is scared to cover him because they're like, I don't want to look foolish. The only thing that can take him down is a carpet. That's right. And, <laughs> and that carpet has... and anyone involved with that carpet has not been seen since. Oh, they far, they're just, they've yeah. disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> or their families. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that, uh, that charity game that he just scored eight goals in, uh, they showed the, st- they showed up in the stands uh, that every time a defenseman came within five feet of him, they would zoom in on that defenseman's family and put them on the jumbotron. And, they were just smiling and waving and they had two KGB agents on either side of them, smiling and waving to show that defenseman the love that they all have for the sport of hockey. The weird look in their eyes too. is like a. (laughs) They did seem shocked. I mean, you know what it is? The fact that they were able to go to a live hockey game, they were just shocked and in awe that they were on the ice with Putin on the ice. Yeah. See, franchise-altering player. Back to seriousness. <laughs> if there was a franchise-altering free agent level, like say in two years, one becomes available out of Toronto. He's going to Arizona. Probably, or he's staying in Toronto. That's right. But if he came available, you're paying this guy $15 million. Probably, yeah. Even and though the fl- want, it's supposed to be a flat cap at that point and still around $82 million. But he's, he's yeah. going to want $15 million, and he's going to want seven years. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yep. And he'll so, get it. And he'll get it. He'll get it from somebody. It won't be Montreal. But no. say Montreal's in on that. Montreal says, Bergevin says, all right, here's the $15 million. 
sign you for seven years. Guaranteed in three years, it's the worst. Every fan in Montreal will say that's the worst contract they ever signed. But that's honestly really the only thing that the Canadians, well, they, there's two things they need. A puck-moving defenseman. A true puck-moving defenseman. A true puck-moving defenseman. And a star forward. Preferably a center. Caulfield could end up being a star forward. He could. Um, maybe. Also, he could also move to center. No. No. I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> I see Caulfield more of a... like. We, a, do, a, do, we do do that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I, w- I would see him more of a, a second-line kind of player who goes on the top power play. He'll get you about 30 goals a year, which is great, but I don't see him as that game-breaking star. You know what I mean? Like no, I, I agree. I, I'm just saying, uh, maybe Suzuki. Right now, I think Suzuki has the best potential to be that guy. That elite but, kind I'm, of player, yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be a star. I, I mean, he's going to be like, a te- we talked about Tarasenko. He's not, he's going to get you maybe 70, 80 points. He's going to be that high score, but he's not going to be the guy everyone talks about every night. Well, he models his game on uh, Bergeron. If he ends yeah. up like him, that is an elite type of player. And I'm really getting tired of people comparing his playing time and Kotanami's playing time. And the reason I'm, uh, I'm not really tired of it. It's just Suzuki's a year ahead. Suzuki proved last year he was a more consistent and better player. He earned the time that he's getting this year. Yeah. Kotanami didn't. Now I get Kotanami's playing Russian roulette with whoever he's playing with, and that's not helping him either. But Kotanami is also not playing great hockey. I don't know. Um, and he hasn't really been playing consistent hockey all year, even when he had line mates that were good. You he's know what not... would work on that, though? What's that? He's not playing well. So instead of <clears throat> handing ice time to stall or line mates to stall and then swipping, uh, swapping and switching and moving guys around, place him on a fourth line with two set wingers. <clears throat> Byron Lekkinen. There you go. Giver. Do that for five games you will see a much different hockey player. I, I totally agree. But in the end, Stahl's still not getting more ice time than Cottonemi. He never did. He, the last few games he has. Quite well, the last minutes. two, yes. But Cottonemi, no. the, the game in Edmonton, Cottonemi was terrible. Except for when he was good. That's I made that joke on Twitter. I said, oh, yeah. look, he had a great shift. And yeah. he stole the puck and created a scoring chance. Maybe that gets him a second shift. And I'm not shitting on Cotton Yemi. I think Cotton Yemi is going to be a 1B center for the Montreal Canadiens. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is yes, I don't think he's being deployed right by Ducharme. But don't use Nick Suzuki as the bar for Cotton Yemi. See, I can see why people are arguing that yeah, they're comparing the two. Because when Suzuki was going through his difficult times through the season, there was, there was a quite a long period of time where he wasn't that good. We we can be honest. He wasn't playing. We can be honest, time. but he he was still producing points, even though he wasn't playing that good. Kind of. He was still putting up a point here and there, and defensively he was having problems. Mm-hmm. But while he was playing and not playing consistently, his line mates stayed consistent. But his I think role he stayed the same. But my point is, I think he earned that because of the way he played the year before and the fact like that he earned was... earned that uh, that leeway or that leeway. Uh, oh, that's okay. what I think. 
You know what I mean? I guess, he, he, sure. Because of his rookie season and stuff. And don't get me wrong. Sure. But really, in the end, do you want two young centers that are getting the merry-go-round of, of wingers and losing their confidence? No, but I don't want one. I don't want <laughs> one know? either. But this is this is where we're at. Right? Yeah. And and it's not an argument to give him more ice time. In my my I know other people are making that argument, and that's what you're pointing out. But my point of view is I'm not arguing to give him more ice time. My, my point is if you're going to be steady and consistent with one of the two, why not both? I don't care if he's on a fourth line getting 12 minutes a game, but give him steady line mates in a steady role, make it a five game set, let him go. And by the end of the five games, you're going to see a much better hockey player because he's going to have his confidence will be up. He's going to be able to at, at least anticipate what his line mates do because every other shift, he's got someone different on his wing. So no wonder he's confused. His confidence is down and he, he plays poorly because of it. Some of it's on him. Some of it's on the coaching staff too. I totally agree. And that's the point I'm trying to make out. Like yeah. the coaching staff. I mean, we all know I'm not the biggest Desherm fan with Montreal anyway, but uh I don't think you it's all don't on say. I don't think it's all on Ducharme either. So. No, it's not. But uh, to finish off the Bergevin talk, um, <clears throat> I'm going to agree with the two of you. I think he stays. He's probably going to sign a two-year contract extension because being uh, being in his last season, a lame duck GM, uh, that would just you may as well just hand Brendan Kelly a torch and tell him to go set half the town on fire. Just tell him, hey, Celine Dion's over there. Four years. Four years? Four years. I'm saying two to three. What do you say, Matt? He's going to be the next mayor. (laughs) 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 All right. So we've been talking for about an hour. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about uh, the last game of the season, the Edmonton Oilers? I mean, we were going to talk about playoffs. I think we can save that for... We know we can talk. We know it's going to probably be Toronto, but everything depends on hey this game. Montreal wins tonight or tomorrow night, and Winnipeg loses tonight. And when Friday or Saturday? When do they play? Friday, Saturday? Uh, Friday. Winnipeg. Friday? Winnipeg wins tonight. We're going to see a very um, uh, what, 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 a taxi squad based team tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. A lot, a lot of guys are going to get rested. Kotkaniemi will get. Hit good wingers and lots of minutes. They'll, they'll call, yeah, yeah, they will. And they're not going to call anybody up from uh, Laval. All the call ups are used. They don't have anyone to call up. They're all injured. That's right. That's right. So anybody who comes in now is going to be an emergency call up. So there's going to be a lot of sudden day to day injuries. <laughs> but they're not going to call anyone out of Laval because Laval right now is in their last five games of the season. They're playing one as we speak right now, and they're beating the shit out of uh, the Toronto Marlies. So they've got four more games after that, all against the Marlies. This is their mini playoffs. This is how they're finishing their season. So no one's coming up from there. So it's going to be the taxi squad. You're going to see Belzil in there. So, hey, back to the first topic. There you go. Franca Fun Quebecois is going to be in the lineup, eh? They should just put, they should just one day contract sign all the uh, Quebecois people, players that they can find around. And just put him in for the game. And George LaRock. An entire... To protect them all. 
an entire lineup of just Quebecois people with Primo and Nets because his last name is French. Frenchy, French-ish. <laughs> French-ish. French-ish. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with Matt. If, if Winnipeg loses tonight, you might see an Allen in a, you know, you might see a, a pretty, and if Price is ready to go, which I'm pretty sure he is, he had, he had a full uh, game, full practice today. He's so, not going to play until the playoffs. Won't, he won't even dress. No, I don't mean dress. I mean, if he's ready to go for the playoffs, yeah. and there's no reason to put Allen yeah. in against Edmonton if they have a chance yeah. to jump into third. Uh, I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see more of um, that Al, uh, that, um, that Evans line that we saw the other night. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that. Maybe a matchup against, uh, maybe even matchup against the McDavid line again. Who knows? But I think Anderson's going to be out regardless. I think so too. Yeah. And they might even set a guy like Toffoli. They might, you know, you know. You know. Toffoli so. had a chance for 30, though. They might put him in. That's Needs true. two goals, but it's true. They can only they can only help you know do day to day injuries for so many people. Yeah, you know, they don't have that many. So unless they're pulling in guys off the street and saying, "Hey, you that's speak French? Come on in." That's what they got to do. <laughs> and Lebec passes it off to Johnson. Oh, <laughs> got to get the Irish ones in. They got to get the French Irish in there. Well, there's always a few. Mamere Lula D. Gardela No Johnson. It's a heritage minute. I used, I used to love watching catchers seize all. Oh, I know what you're talking about. My yeah, name is Her- Molly Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, the heritage minute. <laughs> That's so awful. Or, I used to I used I used to like so watching uh, Take Us, the Nordiques game, and when yeah. the announcer would be like, uh, you know, you know, Hunter to Statsny to you know, and Michael Uff, because he did, <laughs> just the way he said his name, he used to love it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to point out that the greatest Quebec Nordiques to have ever lived were not Quebecois. They were Czechs. Mm-hmm. Just pointing that out for those. Oh, Michel Goulet, he was Quebecois. Yeah, but he's not a Stasny. The three Stasny no. brothers are at the top Marianne, of the list. Anton and Peter. Eric Lindros right. from Ontario. And Eric frickin' Lindros. <laughs> the greatest Nordique that ever played in the NHL. Matt Sundin, Joe Sackick. These are these are the greats in the Quebec Nordiques. Ron Hextall. Joe Sackick. Not not a lot of Jean Guise in there. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So uh, you can so the premier can go, you know, stuff his hat somewhere. But Stefan Fisset had one of the greatest masks in the NHL. He also had one of the best games. What was it? Uh, Seventy saves against that the was Bruins? Ron Tugnut. Was that Tugnut? Yeah, it was was against the Boston Bruins. Went to yeah. overtime. Seventy-three shots, seventy saves. Yeah. yeah, that was Tugnut. That was Tugnut. Yeah. Is that how he got his nickname? What's his nickname? Tugger. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because he was always tugging on his nut. <laughs> Someone was gonna say it. <laughs> 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 uh, all right the, we not in those skinny jeans okay. so uh before we end the show we were supposed to have by uh, brian mudrick uh, come on um unfortunately there was some issues with the internet in northern alberta uh things were not very good so we've rescheduled brian for next tuesday we want to thank brian for his time uh we really appreciate him try, uh, trying as hard as he did and 
shifting his schedule around so that he can come back when he's able to be closer to a more stable Wi-Fi. Um, so really thank you very much, Brian, for the time that you, you provided us. Unfortunately, it didn't produce a show yet, but it will. Um, and I know that we were supposed to cover a little bit more about the playoffs. We've got time. The Canadians and the Leafs are going to be playing soon enough. We're going to talk plenty about that on the weekend. Uh, the Canadians play their last game against the Oilers coming up on a Wednesday night. And like we just mentioned, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what kind of lineup we get. So uh, Matt, you got anything, uh, any last thoughts to uh, pass on? Yeah. Um, head on over to East coast lifestyle. You save 20% with the code unfiltered 20. They make some, no, uh, they make yeah. some really good stuff. Yeah. And uh, you can use the same code at built bar to get 10% off your purchase from built bar ordered online protein at builtbar.com. You get uh, you can mix and match your protein bars. Uh, they're delicious combinations, raspberry, coconut. There's all kinds. Go to builtbar.com. Use the code unfiltered 20 to get 10% off. Uh, check out East coast lifestyle. Like Matt said, uh, use the same code and you can get 20% off your purchase. Um, so yeah, support the pod by buying great stuff for yourself. Treg, you got anything? You, last thoughts? Uh, no real last Man, thoughts. Thank but... you. So that was great. <laughs> <laughs> but I will be on uh, Jamba Sports uh, podcast. I think it comes out tomorrow night. Uh, uh, Scott uh, Scott Malta and I will be on there discussing the Canadians in their playoffs. And on Saturday, I'll be on the Maple Leafs Lounge with the hockey writers uh, to discuss the uh, upcoming playoff series. Yes. Oh, and uh, that reminds me. Uh, check out uh, Saga nine sixty AM. They, I was on, uh, I was on the airwaves in Toronto, talking Habs this morning. Uh, they've put out the podcast of that. So me and Mike Richards going toe to toe on Toronto, Montreal, and all kinds of other good stuff. So uh, yeah, we've been here, there, and everywhere. Uh, make sure you, hey. It's more hockey talk. And that's what this is all about. So uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. Uh, I want to thank you for supporting our podcast, for supporting us and our writing and our, uh, at all the different sites, uh, check out the hockey writers, check out recruits. Uh, hey, check out any site you want, check them all out, spread the wealth, enjoy, get a wealth of different points of view. Uh, we're just happy we're one of the points of view you guys check in on and listen to. So again, thanks for listening. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no frills, no nonsense company that wants to provide that to you. No name hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. 
no-name hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. Did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.